No music, though. Oh, we got music. Tom Bernard Show with... Co-host, Catherine Brandt. Doug Sprinthal. Alex Brandt-Bernard-Rasmussen. And Andy Brandt-Bernard. We'll be right back. Kick things off, Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. And now, the lovely and talented Doug Sprinthal. I am so Motors. excited to be back. I bet. Mm-hmm. I've got a great guest for the Car Selling Secrets in the third hour, so stick around. Scott Lambert is going to join us in the studio. He's a, you're really going to like this guy a lot. He is the head of the Minnesota Auto Dealers Association. He's super smart. He knows a ton about politics, and he's really funny. So he's going to be talking. MADA sponsors the uh, Minneapolis, the Twin Cities Auto Show, which starts Saturday. So th- I'm just going to oh. pitch that for our spot, and that's the end of the it's- commercial for Walzer. He's smart and funny. It'll be such a new thing. I know. It'll be oh. weird, right? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome yeah. back. Boy, remember when we were married? <laughs> Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. I can tell you who picked the music today by listening to this song. Yeah? Doug Sprinthal. I'm actually playing the music. Yeah. You are talented. That's my wife. No, it's my wife singing. I know it is. I know. It's all true. Doug, it's good to have you back in studio. It's good to have you back on the RKQ. Every year, uh, Walzer takes uh, January and February off. And then Dougie comes back in March for 10 straight months. We're looking forward to it. You know, it's funny because uh, I get, as you know, tons of comments from. KQ listeners, and a lot of them are reaching out for requests, but they're like, yeah, I hear you all the time. I added it up one time. There's only like 120 walls or commercials every year. That's it. Really? I know, but that's they only for 10 minutes. Yeah, that's right. That's the big difference. I like to think that <laughs> they're very, the big difference. they make a good impression on people. I mean, I was getting emails oh, yes. in January and February. When I was in Mexico last week, I was getting emails from people going, hey, what do you think about this and that and the other thing? So that's cool. But it is nice it is to be wonderful. back. It's the begin of, beginning of the spring selling season, so we're excited. Indeed, it is time when one of these days the snow will stop falling. It might take another seven, eight weeks to do, but who knows? Yeah, I'm guessing you're getting a lot of requests for seat heaters. Yes. Yeah. Well, those are like basically <laughs> mandatory. The winter package in every vehicle in Minnesota. Should have it. Yeah. The thing that yes, I'm really worried are about nice. are uh, floods. I mean, this is shaping uh, up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This yeah. Has the, I've been doing a lot of studying. This has the potential to be worse than 1965. So those of you Yikes. that wow. don't know what really? that means, in 1965, they had a really snowy January and February. Frost was deep in the ground, a super cold March, and then it warmed up and rained. Ah. And if you drive down Shepherd Road in downtown St. Paul, the water was 12 feet above Shepherd Road. It flooded oh Kellogg. Oh, my God. There were homes in Lilydale Jeez. that just washed into the Mississippi River. I had a friend who grew up in the yeah. West End, and he was a little kid, and he said, yeah, the DNR would go out there in boats, and they didn't know what to do with them, so they'd load them up with dynamite and blow them up. The still oh, water blew up the houses? Yeah. The Stillwater Bridge was underwater. Uh-huh. You can see pictures of all this stuff. It, it was a bit, and there's really... 
not a lot that we could do to prevent that from happening again if all these conditions come well no because the water's coming from underneath the ground and so the gr- it's well, what the you ground's do. frozen yeah. so it's all the runoff so if we have but we don't if it warms we up we should lock. be okay if it doesn't rain that much we should be okay but if those don't happen this could be a really big deal haven't we done anything since 1965 for locks and dams and that kind of thing? No, those were all built in the 30s as part of the oh. uh, Sounds like we should probably CCC build more. program. Well, I can tell you the, the lock at Red Wing, I don't know about the one in St. Paul, but when you go through there in a boat, it has the high water mark from 65. It was 10 feet over the top of the lock. Whoa. Um, not <laughs> so, helpful in that case. I mean, this, this started all the way, the Minnesota River... Shakopee flooded all these river towns, uh, and it wound up going just wreaking havoc all the way to Iowa. It was a, uh, it's kind of cool from a historical perspective, but when you look at the pictures, you go, Holy oh yeah, you crap. can, you can see pictures. Yep. Yeah, St. Paul was just like, oh, it was, it was oh, yeah. an underwater city. And their part, well, Lilydale, they don't have homes down there anymore. They said this is just too dangerous right. to rebuild these again. So, oh, God, mm. it's true. Well, I have a story really that Dad's funny. going to like, and I okay. also liked. I'm, I'm ready. So the MIT Technology Review just spotlighted some research. I just read that yesterday. Yeah? What are the odds? Anyway, go ahead. Um, a, a paper on the hipster effect, which is how the population of <laughs> hipsters initially acts randomly, but then undergoes a phase transition into a synchronized state. So basically, oh, no all hipsters start to look and act alike. Yeah, uh, well, so that's exactly right. The guy whose stock photo they used called in and complained because they used his stock photo. He said, using my image for this story is slander. It wasn't him. It wasn't him. Yes, in point. So, yeah, the the author concluded (laughs) hipsters are so much alike that they can't even tell themselves apart. Oh, my God. That's crazy. That's got to be embarrassing. Oh, that's. I'm looking at the guy's picture right now. They do. They all look like that. Yes, you they look do. exactly like everybody else, sir. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. Oh, Lord. Me up all night long. Well, let me put it this way. When I was uh, 12, 13, 14 years old, we all had a Beatles haircut, so I suppose we kind of fell in, the, well, in line there, too. That's how any trend in culture happens. Yep. yep. It is true. People just don't remember the goth. Oh, God. Yeah. 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 Going around. <laughs> Uptown in Minneapolis, it was like, is every single person here in black with the same earrings, with yep. the same haircut, mm-hmm. with the black lipstick? Every guys, single person. You guys remember the TV show Raising Hope? Yep. Yeah. Yes. I, mean, I loved that show. Oh, parents remember, loved it. Remember funny. Jimmy went through the goth phase and yep. they'd show him every oh, yeah. once in a while? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was God. so funny. That show was so terrific. God, What's her name? Plankton? Plankton? Plimpton? Martha, Martha, Martha Plimpton. Plankton. Plankton. Yeah, she's, I love, she was so good on that show. She was show. great. Plimpton. Everybody on that show was great. Plimpton. Plimpton. Martha Plimpton, yeah. I think she's related to George Plimpton, if I remember correctly. Hmm. I think. It's kind of a gross old, name. Uh, Plimpton. Plimpton. I don't know. It sounds like Plimpton. the name of a, like, skin disease. <laughs> I've got a Plimpton, Plimpton I'm having removed. I think Garrison yeah, exactly. Keeler was just ch- uh, channeling George Plimpton when he talked. They, they yeah. do sound a lot alike. Mm. They talk like you know, this. Yes, well. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> uh, you know, Catherine and I had a talk last night about, you know, because on the KQ Morning Show, I've Uh-oh. taken a very centrist position, and I don't talk a lot of politics. I just kind of point out when these people are really off the rails. Hang on. And so I said. Alex is getting vertigo. Stare at the floor, honey. No, no, It'll I'm, be okay. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm just telling you. This is what I'm telling you. So I've decided to take the same tack on the on the uh, podcast, and I don't want to talk, you know, I'm, I am a centrist. I'm not a Democrat, not a Republican. I like Democrats. I like Republicans. I don't like far lefties. I don't like far righties. So that's that. You know, it's that a very clear. centrist. I've right? never heard you say that. Okay, well, let me just point something out to all you geniuses, okay? <laughs> this, these are the top news stories today. Trump takes flack from usually supportive outlets. Cohen once explored a pardon despite his House testimony. John Kelly's game of what if leads to a reveal. Uh, we also have uh, Trump Nixon's Obama-era order on drone strike deaths. Gail King, what was I really thinking? Trump threatens retaliation after DNC's move against Fox. This is a, this is a very far left-leaning website, by the way. So 
I don't know what you want me to talk about because there's nothing else in the news to talk about. Let's talk about Mexico. I had a great time. Yeah, you went to Mexico. I heard you talking about you got to stay in resorts. We went to this little island off the coast of Cancun. It was fabulous. There was, it was completely safe. There was no corporate America hasn't discovered it yet. There's no McDonald's. There's no Hampton Inns. It was just we had a fabulous time. No, same as in Cuba. We just loved the people. They were wonderful people. Could you drink the water? Could you well, uh, if you pour enough rum on it, I think it just kills. Uh, basically, sure. I, subs- mm. I, I lived on seafood and avocado and cocktails for a week. It was great. Well, there you go. And you probably probably lost weight eating that diet. Actually, I didn't. <laughs> I just stepped on the scale this morning. I'm like, holy Whoops. crap! Well, avocados are back to the gym. Pretty high calorie. Yeah, are good for you. Though. Um, I yeah. will tell you this. I would cover one story, but it's not because it's a political story, but because of what it's about. If, if Andy and Alex weren't on the show today, I would cover this story. Utah lawmakers vote to legalize fornication. <laughs> what? Okay. What? What does legalize that mean? Did you see that, Andy? No. That's what it says. So does that oh, mean like in Utah just... it's illegal for unmarried people uh, to have sex? I, is that I, what that means? I assume, uh, yeah, I'm thinking. That is what it is. Yeah. Really? Oh, it well, is? I mean, there's a lot of state laws that they haven't enforced in about 300 years so true oh yeah there there are laws on the books about transporting a woman across state lines yeah it's like you can't you know you can't lead your <laughs> donkey all? through At the all. streets on a thursday that kind of thing right. yeah. all, that's yeah. true Just hyper specialized that. laws that don't yeah which means yeah, i don't know why they can't just delete those because those the system well that's what they just did for this one but it took them quite a long time i'm thinking Hmm. I imagine I, I do have to tell. Oh. What did you just learn about Alex talk Trebek? About one story. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly yep. right. Um, Mom yeah. got the message last night while we were watching Jeopardy. Oh my god! Yeah, it was so. on the Twitter feed. Andy could play it probably you if you want him so to. Old. Do you do you have the audio, Andy? Play it. Play what? Yeah, he's got a, He has a message. He has a message. He did that you his can own play. Message. Oh. Uh, what? If you go on Newser and go to Jeopardy host Alex Trebek, there you just hit that little uh, the little arrow and it'll play the audio There's on there. It's not even a pop-up ad that we, I know of. We love oh, Alex Trebek at our house. We love Jeopardy, and it makes me very, very sad to hear that uh, Alex Trebek has stage four um, pancreatic cancer. Ugh. Although we did get a call from a man, or excuse me, a text from a man this morning said his wife just beat pancreatic cancer, so they're getting better at it. That's amazing. And that was at uh, Mayo Clinic. There's a doctor there. He's the only one in the world that does the surgery, according to the account. Well, you don't beat stage uh, four is the thing. One and two, you can do. Three even, but four, four there's just no way. Four means it's metastasized basically everywhere. Yeah. Like it's reached a far-reaching lymph node, which means it's there's it's all over the place, and there's yes. you know we can't find it all. That's the so, problem. So like it can be metastasized in one area, and that's stage three. Yeah, stage three means it it is metastasized outside like, of the organ, okay. uh, but not necessarily that it's reached the rest of the body. What's stage two? Stage two, I believe, means. Let's see. Stage one just means have... there's just a localized tumor. Yeah. Stage two, I believe, means multiple tumors. Oh, probably. But yeah. in the same probably area. True. So is that metastasized? Uh, technically, but not really medically. Okay. So Bella. In his has... usual steady voice, Alex Trebek revealed Wednesday he's facing the fight of his life, stage four pancreatic cancer. Now, normally the prognosis for this is not very encouraging, but I'm going to fight this, the 78-year-old says in a video on Jeopardy's YouTube account. And I'm going to keep working, and with the love and support of my family and friends, with the help of your prayers also, I plan to beat the low survival rate statistics for this disease. Indeed, the American Cancer Society says people across all stages of pancreatic cancer, this is all stages, have on average a 9% chance of surviving. That's across all four stages. Steve Jobs had it, right? That killed him. He had a form that was actually curable. He just decided not to cure it because he was a lunatic. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, he had a form of pancreatic cancer that was actually super treatable, but he opted for drinking tea and machu picchu. 
ate grass oh, and stuff right. like that. Yep. He did. Don't know why. I, I haven't seen this. Uh, maybe, Catherine, you've seen this, but there is no one I know who is stronger and more determined. I would never bet against him, tweets Pat Sajak. We in the entire country are pulling for you, Alex. I love Pat Sajak. I think he's hilarious. He's very good at his job. He's a loyal friend to people like Alex Trebek. Uh, Trebek, I think there's nobody better to do Jeopardy because he's got that attitude. While he seems a bit arrogant and he's very intelligent, he also can take a joke, so he's, he's perfect for that show. Catherine and I love to watch both shows, and we love to watch Jeopardy because you could actually learn something by watching Jeopardy. There's a lot of information on that show, but, yeah, we saw it last night while we were watching Jeopardy, and it was like, oh, God, it's, it's too bad. He's 78, so, you know, had a pretty good run so far, and if he does live another three, four, five years, he's lived to about the age he was expected to live anyway. What is it for men now, Andy? Uh, Life expectancy? I want to say like high 8 or 70s. High 70s. So he's almost there anyway. Well, but but we'd like to see him carry yeah, it's, on. Well, it's 78 for everyone. But men and women have everyone. really narrowed down or whatever. Yeah. And my father alone years. is throwing the curve way off. <laughs> Your yes. father's, what, 92? <laughs> yeah. But that's also, <laughs> that, that includes people, you know, who are, chronically ill and that kind of thing so if you don't have a chronic illness then you should right. beat the average unless of course you know smoking alcoholism that kind of thing you know i could see if i radio could play work. the audio here radio work. i thought it was really all those a good waves idea for him to announce it himself that was a very good idea let me see if i can play this okay, okay. You ready? hi everyone i have some news to share with all of you and it's in keeping with my longtime policy of being open and transparent with our Jeopardy fan base. I also wanted to prevent you from reading or hearing some overblown or inaccurate reports regarding my health. So therefore, I wanted to be the one to pass along this information. Now, just like 50,000 other people in the United States each year, this week I was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. Now, normally, the prognosis for this is not very encouraging, but I'm going to fight this, and I'm going to keep working, and with the love and support of my family and friends, and with the help of your prayers also, I plan to beat the low survival rate statistics for this disease. Truth told, I have to, because under the terms of my contract, I have to host Jeopardy for three more years. So help me. Keep the faith, and we'll win. We'll get it done. Thank you. That's a what a man. He's, he's tougher than I am, do. that's for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I remember you didn't like the look of one of your poops once, and you went into a fit. I remember that. <sighs> yeah, thanks for sharing that with the entire world. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just made it up. I didn't know you did. I had no idea. I think that happens did, to everyone so. over the age of oh, like yeah. twenty. I think it does. Anytime like, well, anybody I got eats beets. cancer. Yeah, I was gonna say anytime, anytime anybody beets. eats beets. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm dying. Oh wait, I had beets. <laughs> All right, we got to take a break. Be right back, Tom Bernard. It's Tom Bernard with CEO Michael Bilski from North American Banking Company. Michael, we spent some time talking about your free app and money transfer service, XCheck, which is just great, by the way. You can transfer money to your kid to travel home from college and lots of other uses. I got wind of another service you provide at North American Banking Company. What's this Super ID I've been hearing about? Great question, Tommy. Super ID uses your face proof and your finger proof to keep your identity and your money secure. It's really a foolproof way to protect your family and your business from identity fraud. It's simple, fast, and oh, the best part is that it's free to our customers. Super ID, super easy, and super secure. Visit nabanco.com or see my personal banker to get the scoop on XCheck and Super ID. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC and an equal housing lender. Tom here. Over the years, you've heard me go on and on about my eyes and how great I've been treated by the folks over at Whiting Clinic. Well, it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States and the trusted LASIK provider around these parts. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts that they are, they want to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. 
For a limited time, mention my name and receive an additional $300 off your LASIK. That's $300 off Whiting Clinic's already low price for LASIK. Trust your eyes to Twin Cities LASIK experts. Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. Visit whitingclinic.com or call 855-554-2020 and don't forget to tell them Tom sent you. Offer expires March 31st, 2019. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offers. Ladies and gentlemen, our special guest, Buddy Guy... Buddy guy. Come on, that's Robin Trower. That's Ro- I love Robin well, it's Trower. It's me playing Absolutely Robin Trower. Love. Oh, it's you playing Robin Trower? Yeah, it's, it's uh, Two Rolling Stone. Oh, Two Rolling Stone. I loved Two Rolling Stone. I loved uh, For Earth Below. Yeah. I lo- all those. Oh, my God. Bridge of Size. He, it's he only was money. Great. Oh, Bridge of Size is amazing. That riff at the end of it. Whoo! So for me, I had got, I just. Got turned on to Hendrix probably the last year of his life and became a big fan. Mm. I hadn't started playing yet. And if you remember, after he died, that's kind of when Robin Trower made it. I'm like, okay, yep. he's got it, it's he's not Jimi Hendrix, but he's got the same freedom of the way he plays. And I was there's something about that I always thought was great. Well, Doug, I'll tell you when he goes from from uh, Bridge of Size into Day of the Eagle. What mm-hmm. oh God! What a great transition that is. It's it's absolutely amazing. Love Robin Trower. And the bass player in that band was underrated as a vocalist. I thought he was. I can't remember the guy's name, but he was a strong singer. Let's see. There was Bill Lorden, was the drummer, I believe. Yep. There was he, Robin Trower, and there was who the hell was the bass player? I, I'm shocked that I can't remember who. Yeah. Ian somebody. Ian. No, that's uh, you're oh. thinking of Deep Purple. Let's see. Let's Robin Trower, bass player. Well, while you look that up, I have somewhat good news. So apparently, about a year ago, not even they changed how they classify cancer. Uh, so oh, stage four, go. it used to basically just be the higher the stage, the worse you were screwed. But yeah. now they use a system called the TNM system, which is Size of the tumor, uh, spread to lymph nodes, and presence of metastasis. So a T4 tumor without any uh, lymph node or metastasis could actually be quite curable. So it depends on what he meant by stage four. Yeah, okay, well, you know, maybe, hopefully he can beat it. That would be magnificent. Okay, I have something something depressing. His name was... uh, James Dewar, or Dewar, I don't remember oh, how it was. James name. Dewar, yeah. James yeah, Dewar. He, he was born in 42. He died in 02 of a stroke. 60? Yeah, 60 years mm. old. No, no, 2002. Yeah, 1942 to 19, just, he was 60 yeah, I guess years it was old. 60, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, why don't you leave uh, the math up to the I'm Bernard sorry. <laughs> 60 seems really, 60 <laughs> somehow seems really young. <laughs> it does. You know what I'm it? saying? It does. I know exactly what you're saying. He was a kid. He was only yeah. 86. James Dewar, we Robin have Trower, and Bill Lorden. A caller. We have a caller. I don't know who, though. Who is it? You don't know who. Hello. Well, you didn't say your name. Oh, you it's don't Michael. Oh. Michael Bryant. I, Bradshaw I Mike, Bryant. Mike Bryant. Mike Bryant calling in to talk. That's what my message was. Oh. I thought. We're going to need to contact the phone guys then, because every time we get a call now, it just says negative one. <laughs> negative one. That's, that's true. That's so, Mike's code name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the temperature. Oh, God, I tell so you. So you've talked it's, about it's tumors? Yes. Since I've been on hold, I've heard about big poops, tumors, and people dying <laughs> of strokes. So this is yeah, this perfect. Is the exciting Doug's back Welcome show. to our show. Yeah, this is Tom's new uplifting. Uh... I have nothing to do with this. I didn't pick any stories. The hypochondria. I did pick it. Yeah. No, it was the Alex Trebek story. I guess I did pick that one. But I'm very saddened by that because we love Alex Trebek. Uh, love watching him on Jeopardy. We love learning things from Jeopardy. And he does my favorite thing that he does, and it drives Passolt crazy. When there's a French answer, he goes, oh, no, no, no. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. It's actually, okay, okay, okay. It's like you in Italian. Pizza, pizza, pizza. Pot, calling kettle, pot, calling kettle. Come in, kettle. 
Yeah. I believe yeah. I've never said, no, no, that's not how you say it. It's actually, abarande badundi. Uh, I think you do that all the time. But, you know. Oh, God. Just because I know how to speak Italian and you don't. <laughs> okay, well, literally the same exact thing that you're complaining about. It's you true. do. All Different the time. language, though. Yeah, so that doesn't, doesn't count. count. <laughs> leave me out of it. That's all I have to say to you. Just leave me out of the whole God. shooting match, the whole kitten caboodle. Okay. Is that fair? So Michael, so Doug, things. Doug, why would you leave? Why would you leave this snow? Go someplace without snow and then come back to this. Well, it <laughs> has to do with uh, putting kids through college. I guess is one reason. I could I could find a lot of gigs down there, but they wouldn't pay very well. I could clean golf carts yeah. or something. But it was beautiful. I Highly recommended. I have to ask everybody on this show a question because I don't understand this headline. You ready? Yep. Chloe, <laughs> does everybody know who Chloe Kardashian is? Unfortunately, she's Kardashian. yes. Yes, she's okay, y'all the do. tall okay. one. Yes, the tall one. The Chloe third. Kardashian addresses bachelor rumors. I'm not effing clickbait. Only she didn't say effing. Mm. What does that mean? I don't know. I have no idea what. <sighs> I make it a point in my life to not pay any attention to what the Kardashians are doing. Oh, God, yeah. they're such Curtin flawed Carlos. human beings. They're well, really flawed human beings. Clickbait We're is all just, billionaires. Clickbait is just like when you put a picture oh. and like, Khloe Kardashian is crazy. And so people will click on it. Her new dress broke okay. the internet. Yeah, something like right. that. Oh, is that's, that what it is? That's what clickbait okay. is, but I don't know when it as it pertains to this situation. Okay, now here's the part Did I Did they want her to help. be on The Bachelor? I don't know. It yeah, says, uh, sorry, but Khloe Kardashian is not the next Bachelorette. More interestingly, she does not want any fake publicity right now. She asked Bachelor creator Mike Fleiss to stop spreading rumors. It says stop spearing rumors about her. Spearing them. I don't know that he was spearing rumors about her, but that's what it says. Um, but, but I have a question for you. Okay. Under her picture in this story, it says, image source, Sputnik International. Hmm. Okay. Is that really Sputnik? Or? Sounds like a highly regarded news source. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, Sputnik, my God, when I was a kid. Uh, Sputnik, uh, did Sputnik ever come back down, or is it still out there floating around? I have no I idea. I it's back down, isn't it? Hey, I have no idea. Was Sputnik the one that sent us... Sent the Russians up, so yeah, I think it came back. So Sputnik was what brought the brought the Russians up. I thought it was just a satellite. Uh, um, I don't. I thought it. I thought it was actually the name of the of the capsule that brought him up. I thought. But, I, I think. I think Tom might be right because if I remember, Sputnik was the first thing that was launched into orbit, and I think it was a satellite. Uh, yeah, it was. It would have been 1957. Okay. Sputnik one. 1957. Oh, wait a second. Was it right? Ooh, there you go. I was five years old, so there you go. Uh, I just got a call from Putin. He said, it's Sputnik. Sputnik. Okay, whatever, you Sputnik. whatever you say. Sputnik. <laughs> whatever you say. But what, it, what the hell does Sputnik International have to do with Khloe Kardashian? I don't, I'm not getting this. Well, Anybody understand? Sputnik no idea. just means satellite. So. Oh, oh, it does. Okay. Yeah. So Satellite International. Yeah. But they decided to be kind of cool and breezy about the whole thing. Is that what the that's what we're talking about here? I guess. I suppose. So, so Michael, what, Russians, what have you been up to? Whoop! Go ahead. I'm just driving. But what did the Russians name the ones they actually went up in? Then that was called Prostashi Sputnik. Which well, later oh, okay. was Soyuz, right? Uh, I Soyuz. think so. Soyuz yes. Missile. Aren't Soyuz missiles? I thought they were space capsules, but. I don't know what the hell they, you, know, so they use, just, you know, figure it out. Well, it's a rocket, but not a not that kind of rocket. Okay. So yeah, it's a it's a spacecraft that takes things up. Okay. So that's what they use to take satellites up. Oh, okay. Okay, that makes total sense. I'm pretending by the way. Um <laughs> Oh my god. I just got a message from James Woods that I cannot read on the Oh my god. Got a message from James Woods. James Woods has been on the KQ Morning Show many times and nobody'll talk to him anymore. Apparently I'm the only one that yeah. answers him back. His Twitter <laughs> account, he's very conservative. Yes, he's he blasting Democrats. He, he's yeah. really 
He's really caustic, though. There's sometimes he writes, I mean, overall, you know, he comes with the point of view, but sometimes he writes some really mean stuff. Yes, he does. Yeah. He makes yeah, you're right. Gingrich look like a, uh, never mind, I'm not going to say it. I'll get in trouble. No, mm. you're not going to get in yes, trouble. Yes, I will. Forget it. You will get in trouble. No, you're not. We're used to your ruski crap. <laughs> Your far left leaning psychosis. That's right. That's <laughs> so, me. As opposed to so far James, right leaning psychosis. Is James Woods actually texting you? Uh, uh yes. And the, but it, but it's wow. his Twitter account that I'm seeing. Well, I've talked okay. to James Woods okay. a couple of times about different things, and I I love the guy. I thought he was a great actor, but he just he got very conservative, yeah. and therefore you can't have us conservative in, in Hollywood. You, th- you hear they're thinking of changing the uh, the name of John Wayne International Airport out in Ontario, California. Really? Of course they are. What did you hear what he said? John, John Wayne? What did he say? John, what well, John Wayne said. he said lots of things. He sure did. He yeah, said, he said oh, lots God, of what, God, what movie was it he was referring to? What are the, oh, are uh, the Pilgrims uh, Mid- upset? Midnight Cowboy. You know, when asked about, have you seen Midnight Cowboy? And he said, and this is what he said. I'm just repeating what he said. That's nothing but a movie about two fags. Oh. <laughs> okay, John. Mm, well, that's, that's uh, nice. <clears throat> it's a little over the top. And he also said that uh, whites will always be supreme to everyone else until blacks get educated. Oh, boy. Okay, don't John. I think he said that. Oh, yeah, he did. He, saw it on, he said it on television. Wow. He said it on the Joey Bishop show, I believe. Oh, I do wow. remember one time. Oh. I, I hope James Woods doesn't name uh, lose what he's named after, what's named after him. What? Family Guy, James Woods Elementary. It's on the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's right. Which James I think is just Woods cooler Elementary. than hell. That's just awesome, isn't it? A school it named wonderful. after you on Family Guy. Yeah, it is very, very good. I cannot find any evidence of him saying... Whites will always be supreme. Oh, I got. I'll, I'll see if I can find the story. You guys talk amongst yourself, and I'll look for the story because I did. I I read. Uh, I read it yesterday, I believe it was. So I'll I'll try to track it down. Go ahead, Michael. Fire away. Yes. You get, Michael Schmooze. Michael, where are you? I know you're in your car. I am. Uh, I'm within sight of the building where you are sitting. Oh, or are you yeah. coming in? I. That is my plan. If there's room. Oh God! Um, well, I don't yeah. think there is. Sorry. So many. There's yeah, only four there open is. chairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, Michael. There's I don't know if it's going to work, fine. but no, there's four okay, open chairs. Okay, here it is, Andrew. Okay. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. This is from the New York Daily News. That's where uh, this story comes from. John Wayne's son defended his late father after an interview of what users have called racist and anti-gay remarks surfaced. Uh, prompting a call for removal of the actor's name from the California airport. Wayne, who died at the age of 72 in 1979. Remember when he walked on stage with his suit all stuffed with pillows so he wouldn't look so thin? Remember that? <laughs> at the Oscars? Oh, yeah. Man. No. Oh, it was sad. Yep. Okay, here's what he said. Uh, in the interview, the True Grit actor made remarks that have been labeled as racist and anti-gay, according to the Washington Post. I believe in white supremacy until the blacks are educated to a point of responsibility. I don't believe in giving authority and positions of leadership and judgment to irresponsible people. He said that in May of 1971. When speaking of Native Americans, John Wayne said, I don't feel we did wrong in taking this great country away from them, if that's what you're asking. Which, that's, uh, you know. Uh, and where's the part about... Uh, yeah, he said. He said yes. The that uh, that uh, what the hell's the name of that movie again? I can never remember the name of that movie. I like the movie though, with um, uh, Midnight Dustin Cowboy. Midnight Cowboy. Yeah, he said. Midnight Cowboy. He said, he said his father did use a harsh term in relation to homosexuality. This is his son talking now. He said that uh, that uh, I already forgot the name of the movie again. Midnight, Midnight Cowboy. Cowboy. Jeez. Midnight. Was a, <laughs> Was nothing but, I'll take brain tumor for 400, Alex. <laughs> hey, I found the story. Andy couldn't find the story. So what does that tell you? Huh? That would be brain. Anyway. That would be brain two more. Yes, right. Brain two more. That's two more. exactly right. He said. He said Midnight Cowboy was nothing but a movie about two fags. John, why don't you calm down? 
Calm down, John. <laughs> Dial it back. Uh, this is stuff. Uh, what did he die in 1979? Apparently, mm-hmm. he said he said this stuff in 1971, 72, 73. Back in that era. So uh, well, Archie, Bon- I don't Archie remember. Bunker said fags a lot on All in the Family, didn't he? He did. Yeah. yeah he so it was about the did. same era. Not to give the Duke a pass, but it was it was not as unusual as it would be today. No. Doesn't yeah. mean it's better, but it is I'm trying to put it in context. No, I understand what you're saying exactly. All right, we'll take a break. Be right back in a couple of minutes. Michael Bryant is going to be here some hour. We and don't know when he's going to get here. We have a guest on the phone. We do. Yes. yes. Is it James, Other than Michael James Bryant? Woods? Oh my God. She's, it's not is it James schedule. Woods calling it? Tom, uh, James, if it's you, call in. Let's go. It is Elaine we'll right Shannon. Back. Excellent. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble free, energy efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Tom Bernard here. Hey, let me ask you, do you know me because you recognize my voice or my face? Good question, isn't it? Let me ask you another one. What do you think when I say priority courier experts? Do you know them because you recognize their trucks or do you know them by their name? Well, let me tell you something you might not know about my friends at Priority. 485 local drivers, 85 office staff, 37 million deliveries since 1997, and an opportunity for you to join their company. Drivers, you can join the fleet in your own vehicle or lease to own one of theirs. Or you can join the office staff and earn the most respectable pay in the business with 15 days off in your first year. Medical, dental, matching 401k, and a genuine chance for advancement. Just ask Jennifer, who started as a customer service rep and is now vice president. Over 5,000 Minnesota companies rely on priority. Because every time you call us, we deliver. Join the team today at Priority.com. That's Priority.com. Is that you playing the guitar? Yeah. That's really good, man. You're a good guitar player. I know. (laughs) I never knew you had any talent. I (laughs) I love playing that old hippie stuff. It's great. Oh, it's wonderful Just stuff. Crank no it up about and let it. Elaine. Elaine's ready to go? Yes. Elaine Shannon, how are you? Hey, how are you? Marvelous. We're having a good day. Uh, we're having a good day. You were absolutely having a good day. We're just uh, reading outrageous things that people say and do. And basically, what we're trying to do, Elaine, is avoid politics at any cost because people, I think, <laughs> Are sick to death of hearing about it. I think that's probably true, but Man, this so am is, I. you know, I'm from no Georgia, good. and everybody uh, is on all sides of every issue. And I don't talk about any of that. I talk about flowers. I like and flowers. Flowers are wonderful. And you talk about hunting yeah. Larue, I assume. That's right. I do. That's right. I want to hear all Everybody's about hunting Larue, Elaine Chan. Well, oh, really? Well, see, I will give it my best. Absolutely, a fascinating true crime story of DEA takedown of global crime genius Hunting Larue. So, where did this all start, Elaine? Well, uh, Paul Carl Larue is a guy from uh, who's born in a place that doesn't exist anymore, uh, Colonial Rhodesia. He grew up in South Africa, and his Young adult years were spent in Europe and the United States doing regular old IT work, basically cybersecurity, securing government ministries and banks and law firms, uh, securing the data. But then when he got to be 30 years old, he decided he wanted to be very, very, very rich. Well, who doesn't? But he was uh, (laughs) blessed with a freedom from any kind of conscience at all. So he decided to go into the drug business, and then he decided to go into the arms business, and then he decided to go into the murder business and the gold business and the timber business and helping Iran make better missiles and helping North Korea get more money to make better missiles and on and on and on. 
until he attracted the attention of a couple of guys from DEA. And that's where the investigation started. Now, Elaine, how does someone... You said he was from Rhodesia. Is that correct? Right. Okay, so how did he get access to the things he got access to? I'm reading the list of things that he sold or bought, or nuclear warheads, electronic parts and chemicals, uh, UN Air, US and UN aircraft involved in opium crop eradication, surface-to-air missiles. How did he get his hands on this stuff? Well, if you are smart, and he is probably a genius, He's also probably a psychopath. He's never been formally diagnosed, but that's the same thing that serial killers have, and he did uh, order at least seven deaths, uh, and he enjoyed it. Uh, the point is that if you, if you have are, are an absolute narcissist and you're smart, you can get away with a lot in this world for a while until you attract attention. He was particularly skilled, being a cybersecurity expert, at avoiding uh, attention. He hid himself in uh, some empty condos and safe houses in the Philippines. He bribed everybody he met. Uh, he created uh, businesses in places like Tel Aviv and Swaziland and other places that weren't on the DEA or FBI uh, radar for uh, organized crime, and he created this global organized crime empire, just sort of jetting about. He had his own jet, but he usually traveled commercial. He looked like a, a nerd. Uh, and yet he was, he was literally, literally filthy rich. It, it's amazing to me. I just want again, run down a few of these things that uh, Elaine Shannon's talking about in Hunting LaRue. LaRue dealt with rogue nations, Iran and North Korea, Chinese triads, Somali warlords, guerrillas, corrupt African and Asian officials, and ex-NATO soldiers turned mercenary killers. She talks about surface-to-air missiles, about opium crop eradication, and, and the, the, the U.N. aircraft involved in that. Uh, developing a new recipe for a high explosive for terrorist bombs to be made from common coffee sweetener? What's that all about? Well, uh, if, uh, Iran, the uh, Iranian Defense Industries Organization, which is the state-owned um, outfit that makes weapons, uh, they needed a good IED explosive for uh, the proxies, the proxy terrorist groups, that they used to wage a continuing low-grade war on Israel. And on and they also attacked uh, Sunni Arab states that Iran doesn't like. And recently, Iran's uh, Rev Guards uh, have threatened American bases and NATO bases in the Middle East region. This is very, very serious. Uh, Iran's been involved in terrorism for decades. Uh, if, if you're sponsoring a proxy group, which is going to be a cell of a bunch of men and women in some town, uh, you want to give them an explosive that wouldn't be noticed if the police came in or the Israeli Defense Forces or some other entity of law. You can put a big pile of coffee sweetener in the back of your kitchen and nobody will pay any attention. They'll think, oh, you're running a coffee shop, right? except that this stuff is ETN, and that is related to PETN, which is the stuff that was in the shoe bomber's shoe, if you remember. Oh. PETN is a high explosive. Sure. It's used um, sometimes in construction. The military uses it, and he figured out a recipe that he could convert this ETN coffee sweetener into PETN which would be very volatile and very dangerous. It might blow up the bomb makers, but, but they were willing to take that risk for their proxies because they don't really have too many safety standards for their proxies. Yeah, I suppose that is true. How, how did you find out about all of these things? I mean, obviously you did tons and tons of research on it. How long did it take you to write the book? Oh, five years or more. I was going to say. Depends on where you start. I... I Quit Time magazine, which, by the way, I loved, uh, but it 
the magazine model wasn't working very well anymore in about 08. Right. And I decided to right. go out on my own. And one of the things I wanted to do was write about how the heroin trade was financing the war in Afghanistan. We were all, uh, all of our lives were changed by the events of 9-11, which I covered. And I had been writing about al-Qaeda even before 9-11 and the Taliban. I knew that something was going to happen. I just didn't know where. I was hearing that from my FBI sources. So I covered terrorism for years and years and years. In 08 and 09, I decided to go to the to the source, to the original place, uh, which was Afghanistan, and I talked myself into the DEA base there. DEA in 2009, 2010 surged into Afghanistan, and by surge, I mean about 100 men and women including pilots, to try to help uh, cut the nexus between the heroin money and the Taliban. So, so they got a pretty big base, which the Defense Department built, and they were there in this base, didn't have a name, nobody knew about it, with the uh, some elite units of Afghan police. So uh, they let me come in to write about the investigations of the Afghan cartel as, as it was developing. I'm still doing that. But in the meantime, one of the people that I met there said to me one day in 2013, I just met the most amazing man. He is not like any trafficker I've ever met. I've been sitting with him, debriefing him, because he had confessed and was helping the government now, Team America. And he's a genius. He's ruthless, he's heartless, uh, he has all of this information in his head. I've never seen anything like it. And I said, whoa, I want to know more about this guy. It turned out to be Paul LaRue. Uh, it turned out that he had been arrested. These two DEA agents, uh, very, very clever guys, though not in Paul's way. Uh, they're not cyber geniuses, but they're just, they've got great cop guts. I've never seen anything like it. They had found out about him. They had penetrated his organization with one of his own aides. They'd flipped one of his aides uh, because Paul had a bad habit of threatening his aides, and that's not a good business plan. But the rest of his business plan was absolutely brilliant. They penetrated it. They'd gotten him indicted. They had lured him to Monrovia, Liberia, and gotten the government there to arrest him and expel him to New York, where he immediately flipped, because he's only 38 years old, loved women, he didn't want to be locked up for the rest of his life, he didn't want to fight, he didn't want to do hard time, and he said, I will help you round up my hitmen and my uh, North Korean meth team, and they said, what? Because they didn't know about a lot of that stuff, so he confessed oh, to all of that stuff, and then he he started uh, helping Team America from the jail, from the courthouse. They put him in a room. They put an agent on either side of him, and he would tap out orders to his hitmen and his North Korean meth team, which was a couple of Brits and a couple of a Chinese triad guy and a Filipino meth dealer and an outlaw biker. He'd, he'd tap out messages on his computer, uh, which was the way that his people usually dealt with him. A lot of them had never even seen him. So in the course of this, one of the agents who had met him told me a little bit about him, and so I found more agents who knew more about him. It was all pretty secret, and I promised to keep secrets because I'm an investigative reporter. That's what I do. Mm -hmm. And I just used a lot of shoe leather and put together facts, 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 and now... This book is out, and I uh, am very, very happy for myself, but also for all investigative reporters, because I know that we're kind of out of favor, but we put together facts. We don't have opinions, and we don't have politics. Oh, which wow. I miss so much. Lane, I can't tell you how much I miss that kind of reporting. It's all opinion now. It has nothing to do with even facts anymore. It's all just... It's all just plugging for one side or the other. I I really miss investigative reporting at its base and its soul. It, it's some of my favorite stuff to read because it was all based on fact. I, I love that reporting. Why do you think it fell out of favor? Well, I do too, and that's, that's the only thing I can be. is my friend, Bill Kovic, who was once the head of the 
New York Times Washington Bureau, and he worked at the National Tennessee and where I did when I was a kid. Uh, I looked up to him, and he, he once said, reporting is the nearest thing I got to a religion. And that's kind yeah. of the way I feel about it. I, I, uh, I think if you tell people the truth, the American people are smart enough to, to listen and to know what to do with that truth. Maybe not immediately, you know, maybe a, not always, but yeah. you just have to tell the truth. Our, our children uh, are being taught in college these days that whatever you believe to be true is the truth to you. What is that supposed to mean? I, I, your truth is the only truth you know. Well, no, that's not even close to being true. What, where did that come from? You know, that's a great question. I've been wondering that myself. I'm starting to see that phrase uh, with the Me Too movement and others. And, you know, I've, as a woman, I've had my problems with guys and getting sure. hit on and in inappropriate circumstances, but I've never used the phrase my truth because uh, people, right. there's only one truth, and, and sometimes I don't always know it, and sometimes you imagine it, and sometimes you you forget it because you're traumatized, or you forget it because it didn't mean the, you didn't understand it at the time. You have to dig and get witnesses and get evidence to know what the objective truth is. This is what I love. Though. Many people are going to read Hunting LaRue because you just, while you just completely sold me on the deal, you're there to tell the truth, not your opinion, not your truth, but the truth. So I cannot wait to, to uh, I haven't received my copy of Hunting LaRue yet, but I will, I'll just go out and buy one. I want to read your story because I would like to look at the truth again because I haven't seen it in a long time in this country. It's really sad, Elaine. Well, really I'll tell you. Here's what else that I feel really good about. The American criminal justice system works. I, the American mm-hmm. Constitution works. I believe in those things. Uh, nobody got drawn. Nobody got shot down an alley. Nobody got dragged into a secret prison. Nobody got tortured. The two DEA agents, Tom Sendrick and Eric Stouch, who found out about LaRue, found out that he was building a base in Africa, to deliver weapons all over the world. It was going to be like a big Amazon center for arms uh, with warehouses and a seaport and an airport and armed guards. He already had a militia of 300 people and anti-aircraft weapons to protect it. These two agents found out about it. They uh, spent nine months penetrating his organization, putting together an indictment. They got a warrant. They took the warrant to Liberia, where they knew the head of the uh, security police there, Fumba Sirleaf, who was the stepson of President Ellen Johnson Sirleaf, who won a Nobel Prize for bringing peace to Liberia. Uh, they agreed to expel LaRue on national security grounds to the custody of the DEA. There's an expulsion order. It's all legal. It's all in black and white. It's all transparent. It's nothing is classified. I had no classified information. This is just old-fashioned police work, the same as if you needed to arrest a guy in Indiana because he'd murdered somebody in Florida. I think it's magnificent. The book is called Hunting LaRue. Elaine Shannon, you do a great interview. I'd love to talk to you again sometime. Absolutely. Well, that would be excellent. And they have there's some news I understand about to come out that the last of the killers for LaRue has been given hard time. And that is excellent news because this guy's an American who uh, arranged the murders of many people. Unbelievable. Elaine, keep working, Elaine. We need people like you. Thank you very much, and I will keep working because there's nothing else I can do. (laughs) Thank you very much. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show.